0: Very welcome to the garden program. On this sunny Saturday morning. party good morning. I can hardly morning, dear see dear it for all the sea of plants that have run into the studio. Bring
1: has certainly jumped, hasn't it, surely it? Has, really has sprung. Come forward. Yes,
0: of course, absolutely.
1: All the plants coming into flowers. lovely.
0: We'll talk about some of the colour that we yeah. uh, have in front of us in a few moments, but it, we have just had a gorgeous morning. I know a no bit of frost last night, hmm. a couple of very nice days leading up now over the last day or two, yeah. and it's looking terribly positive for the weekend. It
1: sure is, right into next week. We're into so, a really where great does
0: one start? We have no excuses now mm. not to be out. Well, interestingly,
1: I was down in the in the uh, garden centre yesterday for the afternoon and a lot of customers were asking me that exact question about the frost at night time in particular and will it do any damage and yeah. can I cut my grass and can I plant the potatoes you were talking about last week and all of that good stuff. So for listeners, certainly that we are getting grass frost each night. Um, so for, for listeners that have, say, tender bedding plants that they may have sown from seed earlier on, busy or marigolds or whatever, they obviously need frost protection, need to be kept indoors on your bright windowsill or in your greenhouse with some frost protection, some fleece over over the top of them, or a little bit of gentle heat from an electric heater, or a gas heater, or a paraffin heater, or something like that. So tender plants need to be minded and looked mm-hmm. after. Having said that, lots of the spring flowering plants, like the wallflowers, like the double daisies, um, the cineraria, some of the plants I brought into studio this morning, they're perfectly hardy and they'll withstand the frost. They're perfectly fine out of doors. Again, listeners were asking me, or customers were asking me yesterday about cutting the grass. With the frost at night, yeah. and is it safe to get the grass? And the answer is yes, it is. Wait until the frost evaporates, which, you know, from 10 o'clock in the morning onwards, you can get out there with your mower, Get the grass trimmed. If you haven't trimmed it over the last couple of weeks, even though we've been telling you to do it, <laughs> get out there and get the grass trimmed now this, this weekend, because it is important to get it neat, tidy and take control of the moss. And we're seeing lots of questions again coming in mm. on radio and also during the week. So put on the, the cut the grass first of all, take off the first clippings, put on the zero, get the moss dead and then give it a good feed of something like the Osmo to give it a nice green colour. And this weekend would be ideal for feeding plants in General deer, not just the lawns but also trees and shrubs, and plants are responding now to this really good weather. They're coming into growth. Lots of plants are in flower, like the camellias, azaleas, rhododendrons, will be coming to, into flower shortly. So it's a great time to feed plants in general, um, and even the dew at night will wash that um, fertilized rain. Planting potatoes, I did mention them last week, and again customers were asking me are you sure it's safe mm. to plant them out and the answer is yes it is because you're going to be putting the plants down the tubers down the soil conditions are great at the moment they're a lot more workable than they were a week ago and, and certainly you're putting the potatoes down into the ground you're covering them with a foot of soil 8 to 10 to 12 inches of soil so they're perfectly protected beneath the soil so go ahead and plant your potatoes get them out into the garden soil while whilst the soil is workable or put them into pots or containers or raised beds but get them started now and you've got a planting period from now till probably the end of April Mm. to plant potatoes But but particularly the early varieties benefit from going in early. Speaking about Grow Your Own this is the time of year as we come into the end of March to plant out lots of vegetable plants so things like garlic onions we mentioned a great onion variety called snowball which is a pure white Mm -hmm. interesting new variety it's available in small bulbs at the moment you can plant those out of doors they're perfectly frost hardy Um, and with the soil conditions drying up it's ideal weather for putting shallots sets onion seed um, any of the spring onion bulbs and indeed garlic into the soil at this time of year horseradish roots Okay, those like not
0: something we plant an awful lot. No, of, but it's, I'd a, say. Great, it's yeah, a great, it's a great vegetable. Yeah, and, and it adds such flavor to food, doesn't it? Yeah.
1: To, to a bit of beef, roast beef. Mm. Think, you know, so a great time to plant horseradish. Uh, plants now, the tubers are available now, get them into the ground. Again, they're frost hardy and they're perfectly fine. Do you fancy Brussels sprouts? Do you like I Brussels love, sprouts? I love, I'm
0: you? One, I'm a, no, I'm, i are I, you love, in that camp? I love green vegetables of any kind, right? Uh, they're probably my favourite kind, so yes, I do love Brussels okay, sprouts. Okay, well,
1: <laughs> there are people, believe it or not, out there that dislike yes, Brussels I know sprouts. This, they it, dislike it, the it,
0: taste. It, it can be a challenge for people. Yeah, yeah.
1: but there is, there is actually a new, a relatively new Brussels sprout variety called Petite Posy. Okay, and it forms, it grows uh, traditionally like the ordinary Brussels mm, sprout, long, staff. long stem, very yeah. easy to grow, very, very hardy. You plant the plants at this time of year, but it rather than producing the balls of of leaf, it produces uh, a more fluffy, lighter, very similar to kale. So
0: it's like a, I was going to say, it's like a small cabbage in a way.
1: It's yeah, it's like a small cabbage. So it's like the curly kale. It's a looser uh, rosette of leaves which tastes like spring cabbage. So they don't have so the traditional... Not the strong... Correct. Mat. So if you dislike Brussels sprout, the traditional Brussels sprout, look for this variety called Petite Posy. It's kind of um, purply green when it produces its leaves. So it's very... So
0: it's sorry, very colourful, obviously. Very colourful.
1: Well. It's very easy to cook because you can microwave it, you can stir fry it, you can steam it, or you can boil it but it has the flavour of a spring cabbage, that early York spring cabbage that people... Petite posy. Petite posy. It's a really nice variety. It's available in plants at the moment. Um, so you can, the plants are about six inches high. As we speak, you can plant them in the garden soil at this time of year. It'll grow during the summer and it'll produce the lovely rosettes in kind of August, September of this coming year.
0: And obviously not the kind that you can buy in the shop. No, you won't get it yeah. in the shop. Yeah. I don't think you which get is, it. I haven't yeah. seen it available is, in the shops know, to as buy. Was, Which is always, we were talking about last week, is that it's great when you're growing your own to do something that you can't necessarily purchase or is difficult yeah. to purchase in the normal thrust of everyday life. Yeah. I'm and
1: particularly for listeners that dislike the traditional Brussels sprout, this has a completely different flavour. It tastes like early spring cabbage, that lovely uh, fresh cabbage taste. It's easy to grow um, easy to harvest and so simple to cook. You can actually eat it raw as well. It's that type of plant. So that's um, Petite posy, very nice variety of Brussels sprout. But there are all the traditional grow your own plants available. Monch 2 peas are available in plants now. Hissabay cabbage, which is a really early york cabbage, a nice fast growing mature cabbage planted now. It'll be ready for cutting in June or early July. All the lettuce varieties are available. Little gem, Laura rossa, and um, there's another one, lovely variety called Bolero, which is the oak-leafed lettuce. So it's got red leaf, very compact, but the leaves are the shape of an oak leaf. So it's a really nice a variety plant? as well. Interesting on the table, v- good flavour, um, a nice salad crop, and they're available in plants now. So all the grow-your-own plants, I suppose, be it the onion bulbs, the garlic, the horseradish, and the plants themselves, the Brussels sprout plants, the cauliflower, the kale, uh Calabrese, the summer broccoli, all of those are available for plants now. So do get them into the soil this weekend, if you can, or over the next couple of weeks. And as I always say, plant little and and often. often. Now, we also got a great response last week. Remember I was telling you about the Sutton Seed tapes. The
0: tapes, yeah. I, these, I was quite intrigued by these because uh, it's, uh, well, I suppose from the simplicity point of view, uh, to say the least, and it's the, maybe the, the reduction of work. And you've brought in a sample. I've brought in
1: a, a range that, of now different... Now
0: I'm even more impressed.
1: They come in they come a whole range <laughs> of different. So, effectively, the Sutton's have put together a collection of traditional vegetable seeds that tend to be, can be a nuisance in terms of thinning So the likes of carrots, people tend to sow their carrot seed, But the problem is six weeks later, they have to thin the carrots, which means removing some of the... There's two two problems with that. First of all, it can be a bit fiddly. People get fed up with it. Yeah, it's very fiddly. But the second thing is that when you're thinning carrots, you excrete the scent of carrots, which the carrot root, root fly hones in on
0: so you're attracting the yeah, carrot you can, smell blood, the, really.
1: you can smell the carrot from your own mm. fingers as you're, as you're um, thinning and also you're attracting in the pest onto because they get the scent they come in on the scent of the carrot so particularly for carrot lovers out there you can get these seed tapes um, that are available from the Sutton's range all range of, of different varieties of seeds this particular variety of carrot is one called Amsterdam Forcing it's a really good main crop variety long stems uh, but it comes in a special tape so mention yeah. the tape.
0: And it looks like, it looks like a bandage for it all does, the really. folks. And it actually unfurls like a bandage, as Park is doing. I know we're, we're describing this now uh, as opposed to, or to give you kind of the visual sense. So uh, the, the key thing here that I'm looking at is that the seeds are all separated out fairly evenly. There's no big concentration in when, any one area. And the one thing, uh, and I suppose we're all guilty of this when we're sowing, is that you kind of give the packet an extra bit of a shake to make sure that the seeds get in there and that you have enough. And then you are of uh, when it comes full circle, you do end up with more than you probably need you and you're thinning out and all of and that. And you're wasting. Yeah, yeah, you're wasting, exactly. So this really is, um, I'd argue, possibly foolproof. <laughs> we, can, we can test it now. Sure I, don't, do. I don't know if anybody has tried it yet, but it definitely looks like... Uh, uh, yeah you'd really want to go wrong to make it go wrong it's it 's a really simple
1: it. way of doing it there 's six mm-hmm. meters believe it of tape in my hand there, so six m- meters and an nearly twenty feet of carrots so that 's enough carrots for any family. <laughs> but you can see the seed it's it 's very yeah. thinly spread along the tape, so literally all you do is with your rake or with a hoe, you excavate a small amount of soil, you roll the tape the tapes comes apart, and you just simply so it's in roll, strips, uh, just yeah, strips yeah. and you put the tape into the soil and cover. The tape with soil and that's it that's and walk it. away. Nature takes its course. The seeds germinate. They germinate because they're spread out. They germinate properly. You don't have to thin. And hey, Presto, you got your carrots. The other nice thing about it is that you can actually break the tape, pull it apart. So if you just have a small spot. Say you want to do a window box yeah. or a couple of pots. So did you ask me, no, um, on another program they mm. asking me, can you sow carrots in pots? And the answer is you can. So you can take small pieces of the tape and put them into pots, deep pots or into deep window boxes and sow them that way as well. The other nice thing, I think, for children, it's a great way to show children because they can actually physically see the seed through the tape Mm -hmm. and uh, they can have a go at at maybe sowing them in um, window boxes or containers or whatever. So they come in a range of different... So you've plants like um, rocket seed, you've got radishes, you've got parsnips and you've got carrots all available. And there's a whole other range of these from the Sutton's range of seed. So they're simply called seed (coughs) tapes Um, They were out years ago. And they kind of went away for, for a period. I'm not sure why. So Sutton's have brought them about again. I think they're a fantastic way. I think
0: they are too. Yeah, yeah. A, a
1: listener said to me actually um, a listener said to me last week that it was one of the jobs she hated, dreaded doing, was thinning the carrots. The husband used to bring <laughs> her out to thin the carrots and it was one of those dreaded I'm sh- jobs. I'm
0: sure she's not on her own on that no. front. No, so
1: there's a, that's a simple, easy thing. Speaking about grow your own, why not give the uh, Sutton seed tapes a go? And then finally potatoes. I did mention them last week. It is, you can sp- certainly plant them out now. All the early varieties. If you've got them budded and chitted and they're ready to go out then get them out into the garden soil or into pots and containers. If you're not ready, buy a few packets of seed potatoes put them on a bright windowsill, let the buds initiate, let them sprout and plant them in a couple of weeks time. Thinking of Easter, Easter is the 16th of April which is is about what, about three weeks away? Three weeks away. So maybe it's time to plant a few herbs. You're going to have the roast lamb.
0: Aren't we all? Yes.
1: So why not grow some of the thyme, sage, parsley, Um, all of the rosemary, all the the, the traditional herbs we associate with Easter. The plants are available now. If you plant them now in a window box, you can keep them indoors if you wish on a bright windowsill. Mm -hmm. they give lovely scent to the kitchen. You can use them on a regular basis. But within three weeks' time, there'll be lots of new growth on them and it'll be lovely to, to add to your... Your spring lamb okay. so that's kind of the list of things so really use the weekend and use the next couple of days really to get out there get the garden tidied up get the lawns mowed, get the moss control on and really start thinking about grow your own in particular because you need to be putting the plants in now to get something for summer mm-hmm. and, and thing. And uh, I always say, plant some vegetable plants, but also plant some seed as well at the same time, and you know, have the two so things yes, coming together. together. Yes, little and often. Okay, Little and often is the trip.
0: And, and if you are if you are a novice or you've never uh, attempted the vegetable side of things, those seed uh, tape the things. The seed tapes yeah, are great. Yeah. And
1: remember that you don't have to sew all the tape together. Yeah. You can literally break it off. <coughs> oh, so, a, little, a, little a row this week, a row in three weeks' time, another row. So, they'll keep in the tape. So, they're, they're soupy-doopy.
0: No excuses, no. I think. Now, you have come in with a fair amount of colour as well because tomorrow is in advance in, to all the mummies, Happy Mother's Day um, and I suppose we're, st- we're thinking in terms of that but also just in general colour for the garden.
1: Yeah because in the last week certainly plants have, have just sprung into growth and sprung into colour in particular and a lot of the spring flowering plants have, have really come forward I always think the daffodil is kind of the start of the spring people always talk about the daffodil but for me as well this plant here this is forsythiae, the yellow flowering forcythia which is absolutely Spectacular. Now this that's year. A particularly
0: super one. Isn't it a nice? One? Yeah, yeah, it looks really, really good. So, it's a
1: great time to plant uh, for Scythia in the garden. It's a really, really easy shrub to grow. It's bright yellow flowers, and this particular variety has very large flowers and very densely packed on the stems, so it tends to flower very heavily every year. But it comes into flower at the beginning of March and will flower through to about the middle of April, and it just gives that stunning splash of bright yellow colour. So, if you want to brighten up a short board or a bed, or just add a bit of colour to the garden. Forsythia is a really easy plant to grow, and a great beginner's gardening plant, and also a great plant for exposed gardens if you have an open, windy site. It's one of those tough, easy, no-nonsense to type yeah, plants. It
0: obviously doesn't need so to too much grow. care. So. so
1: really super. I tend to advise people to put them in, in groups of maybe threes or fives to get a more solid effect, more clumped effect. But even on its own, it makes a stunning plant. This is... Another moving on to a scented plant, a couple of scented plants. Wallflowers, it is. It's one of the scented wallflowers, the old cottage garden wallflowers. Now your grandmother will remember this. Your mother will remember these as a very traditional plant, um, but they come in a whole range of different colours. This is a bicolor. It has a number of different colours: yellow, orange, and purple in the one flower. It's a dwarf wallflower. It'll only grow about. 18 inches in height, spread to about three feet in diameter, so it makes this lovely clumped effect. And it's in flower at the moment, and there's a lovely scent from it as well. And those particular plants tend to flower for many, many months. You often get them flowering through the winter. Any sort of spring-like weather we get, be it autumn weather, um, winter weather, particularly this year, Mm. they tend to flower. So they flower for literally months on end. Easy plant to grow, plenty of flower. it'll suit in a pot or container or out in the garden soil. And it's actually a very easy plant to root from cuttings.
0: So little cuttings, if you have
1: plants of it in the garden yeah. at the moment, you just take off small little cuttings, three or four inches long, strip off the leaves off them, stick them into a pot and they grow very readily. So they're the sinums or perennial wallflowers. They're a plant that come back year after year. They're often sold as perennial performers because they do come back year after year, particularly if you cut them back after flowering. Yeah, but it really does have a scent.
0: I, can, I know it's a little bit away from me, but I can guess that. The, the, the that? scent, mm-hmm. smell of it, a lovely mm-hmm.
1: sweet wallflower. So that's a real old traditional garden plant. Um, lovely for Mother's Day because people will remember yes. it. Speaking about scent, this is a plant called Pink Kisses. <laughs> So that's Diantha's Pink Kisses. It's a really easy plant to grow.
0: And it smells like cloves. Doesn't it? Mm, and again, so it's
1: just coming into flower now okay, at this time of year. and quite a few buds on it as well. Plenty of buds. Mm -hmm. It'll flower for the summer. Again, just starting to flower now. Lovely in a window box or container. I've actually put that up on my Facebook uh, page this morning just to show people it in in pots and containers and what it would look like. But it's highly scented. It can be grown indoors as well if you want a bit of scent indoors in a kitchen window for the Easter period. Mm. And it's fully hardy out of doors. Again, speaking of colour, is, is Cynetii, which again has just come into flower. So again, if you're looking to kind of brighten up your pots and containers for Easter in particular or over the next kind of six weeks, cenetii are one of the best plants. It's a daisy-like flower, mm-hmm. easy to grow, comes in a whole range of different colours. Lots of flowers showing now, but plenty of buds yet to come. So again, and again, it's frost hardy. Yeah. You can and leave this out at night time. It's perfectly fine.
0: The colours from the sinetii are very, they're very vibrant. Aren't they? You know? Yeah. It's so a
1: really, this yeah. particular one is a really rich purpley uh, barney colour it comes in shades of blue some bicolours some whites and um, some shades of red as well. Mm. But very, very striking, very colourful, and particularly thinking of Easter or if you have any special occasion, communions or confirmations coming up maybe during April, there, put a pot of those outside the front door and they'll give you tonnes of colour and they're very, very easy to grow. That's a plant called Cenetii, simple to grow. The other plant I brought you in is not flowering, <clears throat> but this is the time to plant them, or the lovely sweet peas. Pea, yeah. So again, if you want colour for later on in the summer, particularly for cutting and bringing indoors or maybe you're part of a... Uh you know a church or community um community group grow some sun, so some sweet peas they're so simple to grow they'll flower from the end of June right through to September. This particular variety is called a ranger's delight okay. flower Arranger's delight, so it's, so it's it's
0: lots of color, lots lots of of color and lots of flowers actually.
1: lots of cutting and and they're highly scented as well but it, this is the time of year and again, sweet pea are fully frost hardy you can plant them out of doors now. Little tip for you. The mm. plants are about six or eight inches high at the moment. Before planting, just literally nip the tips out of them. Pinch okay. back the tops. That encourages side branching and plenty more flowers from the plant. Fantastic. So there's some hints and tips. Now, for listeners that maybe aren't thinking of, they don't want to grow any, grow yeah. your own this year, or they have a piece of ground that they're not considering planting this year. A nice idea is to sow some green manure. So these are seeds of a plant called green manure. What it does effectively is you sow the seeds, the plant grows, it adds natural nutrition and fertilizer back into the soil and it hel- helps to keep the area weed-free. So what you simply do is rake the soil, the bit of bare soil that mm-hmm. you want to, you sow the seed.
0: Does it, does it look like anything that's going to It does, yeah. The seeds yeah.
1: are like, well, they come in a whole range of different varieties. That's one in the pea family so oh, right. it likes, looks like young peas as it's growing and when the plants are about 12 inches high you cultivate them or dig them back into the soil. So it's a way of using green manures I suppose. It puts a kind of a crop down on the ground hmm. just particularly for spare pieces of ground, particularly in vegetable areas where you may not be planting at the moment. You just want to keep them weed free. You want to grow something in them that's going to be neat and tidy and also that's going to add a lot of nutrition and, and uh, benefit to the soil as you get back in. So they're green manures they're traditionally used, particularly with organic growers, where they want to revitalise old soil or where yeah. they have a piece of spare ground and they not particularly want to want to plant it this year put in some green manure seed. They're cheap to buy, they cover a big area and, um, you know, they're, they're so easy to grow. You literally just throw the seed on the ground. The, there's another variety called Phacelia, which is the lovely blue flowers, yes. which is great for our bees. Red Clover is another one. So there's a whole range of different they're sold on green manure. Yeah. you get them in your local garden centre and this is the time of year to sow them.
0: Okay, so this and is a general mix, that one.
1: Lastly, before <clears throat> <lastly, clears throat> I not? run out of steam.
0: <laughs> we'll, we'll take a break in just a second.
1: This is the time of year for planting spring bulbs. Okay. So we mentioned this last week. So a dahlias in particular, mm-hmm. again, if you want something for cutting for June, July, August, then look for um, the dahlias, particularly the double flowering varieties. This is one called burlesque. So
0: this is a double flowering. Double
1: flower. It's actually a two-tone variety. I was to say, yeah. It looks,
0: it's it's looks got darker, darker, darker on the outside and lighter on the inside. Lighter
1: on the inside and a very, very cut flowering variety. So all you simply do is pot them up into pots and containers, leave them indoors for a couple of weeks, plant them out of doors and you've got fantastic colour um, right through the summer and indeed you can save the bulbs from year to year. That's Painted Lady which again is another two-tone Oh wow, two-ton yeah, that's
0: very uh, stunning as well. Right, yeah. so both Burlesque Lynn, and Painted Lady.
1: And, and Linda's baby. <laughs> very, babe.
0: very racy titles but anyway. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Isn't this what this show is all about? absolutely. (laughs) So, look, this is the time of year for planting dahlias. Start them off indoors, plant them out of doors in the early summer, and they're fantastic for a splash of colour.
0: Planted a laurel hedge last year. It's yellow in colour. Put Path and Fairway on it two weeks ago. Should I feed it now?
1: Well, the listeners put the path path and fairway is a fertilizer. It's a granulated fertilizer made by Osmo. So that's perfectly fine. Just wait for that to work. It's going to take probably another two to three weeks before the, the uh, laurel will respond to that. So leave well enough alone. You could give the laurels a light, trimming back, tidying back, you've put on the park and fairway so that's fine so you've fed them. There's nothing really else to be done. Just wait for the growth to start and all the new growth as it takes up that nutrition will be lovely and green. So plants in general, this is the time of year to start feeding them so the listener has done everything right. Okay, so just a bit of patience. A bit of patience, yeah.
0: When to sow sunflowers? I'm eight years ah, old.
1: Isn't that fantastic? Eight years.
0: Are there different kinds? Thank you, says
1: the Yes, there are. There's a whole range I of different... Remember that sunflower seed is... Um, they're annuals, so they need to be started off indoors. Now, the great thing about them is that the seed is quite large, so it's very visible, very easy to sow. So all you need is a small pot, a pot about that size, maybe a, a six-inch pot or five-inch pot will do. Get regular garden uh, quality, good quality compost, have it moist but not too wet, and literally stick the sunflower seed mm. in. So in a pot that size, you'd fit eight or ten seedlings into the pot. Covers with cling film and sit it on a windowsill. And within 10 days, two weeks, the seeds will germinate, take off the cling film, and let them grow on. Now, you won't be able to plant them out of doors until the first week of May, until the risk of frost has passed. And at that stage, they should be nearly a foot high Depending on the variety you grow, so there are varieties like Russian Giant, which comes to us from Russia. It's actually grown as a commercial crop in Russia for to extract the oil from it. Oh, so that's sunflower oil, like a vegetable oil. oil. Yes, sunflower oil, Um, and that's a really tall variety. It's very vigorous, very tall growing. It'll produce its own seed at the end of the summer, and the birds will feed on that. So it's very okay. So So look for that one. That's probably the easiest one to grow. Russian Russian Giant. Russian Giant. Again, sow the seed indoors. And, as I say, plant them out of doors in a bright sunny spot around the first week of May. They'll come into flower about the, the end of July, early August and set their seed for September. And you leave the plants in the ground for the autumn and let the birds come and feed on the On the seeds. On the seeds. Um, But there are dwarf varieties as well. There's a whole range of different varieties. So pop into your local garden centre, over to the seed range, and there'll be probably 10 or 12 different varieties. Some are yellows. Most of them are yellows. Some will come in orange. I've seen white ones. And white ones, yeah. So they come in a whole range of different colours, right up to the kind of a burgundy, burnt coloured. And they come in heights from literally three feet right up to... 10 or 12 feet okay. in height.
0: Well, if I was eight, I'd like a really tall one. A really one, tall think. one, yeah. yeah. So
1: Russian yeah. Giant is the one to, to look for. Sow the seed now, plant them out of doors in May and really enjoy them and have maybe a bit of competition with your siblings to see who yeah. can grow the biggest <laughs> one. Now, <laughs> now, <laughs> no. no, no. A, a,
0: a don't start a war.
1: A reasonably sheltered spot as well and they will need staking so they'll need a bamboo cane around the middle of, around early June, put a okay. bit of a stake on them and let them up. Let them up. Let them off. Okay. And hope <laughs> for a good summer.
0: Brilliant, brilliant. Now, uh, somebody, Coach, good morning. She says, it's great to be alive. On this lovely morning, it, sure, it is. sure is absolutely. Now she's put out strawberry plants for the winter. Okay. Will uh, Will she leave them out or transfer them into the tunnel? And if so, when?
1: Well, what I would do is, first of all, coach has done exactly the right thing because strawberries need to get a chill period. They need a cold, not a chilled out period, but they need actually a cold period during the winter season to form their flower buds. So coach has done the right thing by putting them outdoors. What I would do is leave some of them outdoors and let them flower naturally in May, but bring half of them inside into the tunnel. Put them into pots, window boxes or pots and containers. The tunnel will bring them on early and get them to flower at least a month or six weeks earlier than they normally would out of doors. So you're actually staggering your strawberry crop. Now, whilst they're in flower, make sure you keep the tunnel fully ventilated, keep the doors and windows open, let as much insect life into the flowers to pollinate the blooms, um, you know, during the flowering period. You need to let the honeybees in and let them pollinate them. So I would bring half the the, uh, strawberry plants in. Now, pot them up in tubs and containers and um, give them one or two liquid feeds before they flower and uh, you know, let the bees in and let them pollinate and you'll have two crops then essentially of strawberries, okay. one early and one Which is mid-season. Really, exactly what yeah, you probably exactly want. What you want yeah.
0: Now, we have quite a few questions in lawns and I know we touched on it uh, a little bit earlier in terms of the frost, yeah. but uh, a lot of people have been busy. So, here's a good example and we'll try and, uh, and include the others as okay. well with this. We have a new lawn for three years. Before it went in, we had a problem with scotch grass. So we sprayed the area with Roundup, left it for six weeks, resold a new lawn, and over time the scotch grass has returned in clumps. Is there any way of getting rid of this without redoing the whole lawn?
1: Right. Well, first of all, it, it may be scotch that has come back, or it could be wild meadow grass, which looks very, very similar and tends to seed in from meadow areas around your your home so it'll come in from you know uh, pasture land uh, it's it's very distinctive because it's very vigorous mm-hmm. it tends to be a slightly different color than your your lawn the leaf is broader so it's a lot more vigorous and a lot more visible um, and unfortunately there's no weed killer that you can spray on the entire lawn that's just going to eliminate the scotch grass or, okay. or wild meadow grass now what you can do is spot treat so if it's a number of areas, you can either use the Roundup gel, which you wipe onto the actual leaf of the uh, scutch grass, or you could just isolate the area and just absol- treat that individual area. So rather than uh, you know treating the entire lawn, you actually pick a specific area where the, the wild meadow grass mm. is growing or the scutch grass is growing and apply the Roundup gel or something like weed-free 360. Now, remember, it's going to kill everything that you, you, you touch within that area without contaminating the soil. So it'll actually kill. So you could take a kind of a metre square area where the scutch grass is growing. Mm. Don't mow it for maybe a week or 10 days. Let the grass come up. Treat it then in dry weather with a weed-free 360. It will kill all the grass in that metre square area without contaminating the soil. And you can reseed. So you can spot treat the area So there's no weed killer that's going to differentiate scutch grass from ordinary grass, but you can spot treat the, the scutch grass if that makes sense. So use the Roundup Gel or Weed Free 360 just to isolate that the particular clumps, kill them off and then reseed the area. Okay. But you'll probably find, particularly if you're living in rural Ireland, that over time the lawns tend to get a bit of wild meadow grass seeding in. That's only natural. It just blows, in, it from, just blows yeah. in. The seed germinates and starts to grow, particularly if you're not keeping them lawn mowed on a regular basis. Because most of those grasses need, um, you know, if they're cut regularly, it weakens them and they tend to die out. So lawns that are maybe left 10 days or two weeks without mowing tends to favour uh, wild meadow grass and Scotch grass and stronger grasses coming in. Okay. Whereas if you're out keeping them lawn trim, nice and neat and tidy, it's
0: not getting a chance to come
1: it, on. It no, exactly. It weakens those stronger grasses. It favours the softer, the lighter grasses, and and you tend, it tends to be less of a problem. Okay, so. And this Just, weekend would be ideal yeah. to do that treatment because you need yeah. dried weather.
0: Okay. And Yiddley, yeah, yeah. yeah. Good, good, good effect. Now, a couple of questions in relation to our old friend, the moss. So, some people have been busy already. Um, here's an example of one. I sprayed zero on the lawn yesterday. It's gone black today. Can I put on the Osmo or should I wait a while? And also, in conjunction with that, uh, somebody used the zero last week. Uh, I have to say it worked brilliant, they say. Can I use the zero on moss on my tarmac now? It doesn't. Say either way on the can okay, well, and couple locking bricks in a yard. Right. There are mo- is moss and weed so we'll put all those together. <coughs> Thanks for a it. million. Yes. Right, okay.
1: Well, let's just break them up slightly. So first of all, zero is used only on lawns. Okay, <clears throat> so it's not used on tarmac or driveways. It's a specific specific lawn moss killer. Specifically to be used on, on grass areas or lawn areas. So just apply it to that. As the listener says, it works overnight. So literally, the listener put it on yesterday, it kills the moss within 24 hours. And you can put on your Osmo or any traditional lawn feed straight after. So put it on this weekend, to be perfect weather for doing it. The dew at nighttime will help to wash it in. Um, in terms of cobble locking and bricks and paving and hard surface areas, if you've got moss there, use a treatment called PAC. It's a different product. It works in a different way. Um, so that's the one to be used on hard surface areas. So pack for the hard surface areas, tarmac atom, driveways, you know, paving, blo- cobble block, whatever. And on walls, it'll get rid of moss on walls and, and so on as well. So that's packed for that. Zero specifically just for the lawns. And yes, if you've used it, then follow up with a, a lawn feed now, something like the Osmo, just to give it a nice green in. move move things along green up the grass okay
0: great now how often do I need to add bark mulch to my shrub bed they look a bit tired after the long winter
1: well generally once a year once a year bark bark is an organic material so naturally enough it's going to break down over a period or some of it will blow away over the winter so once a year this time of year it's a good idea before the weeds start to grow to tidy up the beds take off any weeds that might be there put on a couple of bags of bark mulch and you're good to go for the rest of the year
0: Now, a couple of cherry blossom questions. One on the email and one on the text. Um, Frank is in Callow. He's wondering, he planted cherry blossoms four foot from my wall four months ago. uh, Wondering, are they too close to the wall? Should he move them? And also somebody else wondering about the best time of year to Prune cherry blossom and whitebeam trees there as
1: well. Okay, so cherry blossoms, Mm. as we know, flower in in early spring. So they're going to be coming into flower now in, in late March, early April. Some of the early varieties are in flower already, but April is generally the traditional time for most of the cherries to come into flower. The time to prune them is immediately after flowering. So it's not three weeks after the finished flowering. It's literally the week that the flowers are beginning to go over, which is normally about the first week of May is a good time to prune cherries back. Give them a feed. They come into growth and they seal up any of the wounds that you, you've, you've cut. If the cuts are more than four to six inches, get yourself a little bit of prune and seal and put that on the cut ends because cherries in particular can suffer from a disease called silver leaf. So if you cut them in during the winter months, you leave them exposed to that disease. So ideally cut them after flowering around the first week of May and put a little bit of prune and seal on them. In terms of the trees planted against the wall, four foot is very close. Cherries are surface rooting. So the roots actually grow very close to the surface of the soil. So I would keep them at least eight to ten feet away from a wall if possible. Um, you know, so pick maybe move them certainly and you can still move them at this time of year, even though they're in four months, you can lift them, transplant them and get them in straight away. Make sure you put them down at the same level, but do that this weekend because growth is, is moving on. Um, but certainly move them out. Four foot is very close, close to the wall and they are surface rooting. So you, you, you potentially could have damage there um long term. Particularly if they're the more vigorous varieties like Prunus Canzan, the taller, stronger cherries um over time they can be they can be They'll big be problematic. And, and and the roots are very close to the surface, yeah.
0: Okay, and white beam trees, when do we prune well, white, white
1: beam, white beam again, white beam is going to be coming into flower in the next um, couple of weeks, so I would allow it to flower and then prune it back. Now, having said that, if you want, you can prune it this weekend if you wish. You will lose some of the flower on the white beam, but it's perfectly okay to cut it back. There's no problem with diseases or anything like that with it. And pruning in general, like if people haven't pruned their roses or they want to do pr- some pruning, get out there and cut them back. The other thing that just came to mind when you mentioned the bark, a yeah. question I often get from people is when they're feeding their trees and shrubs, hmm. if they've got gravel and plantex or they've bark and plantex around the shrubs, do they need to scoop it back hmm. and get down to the soil? And the answer is no. You can literally put the fertilizer right on top of the bark or right on top of the gravel and it'll wash its way through. It's kind of porous. It's porous, yeah. It'll work its way through. A bit of heavy dew or heavy rain will wash it down through. So putting on the fertilizer, make sure you keep it out to the spread of the branches and sprinkle it around on top of the bark or the gravel and it'll wash its way through. And this is the time of year to get the feeds on.
0: Now we'll have one more and then another quick little break. I had a lovely show of winter flowering pansies and violas all winter since September. Now some of the plants have finished flowering and they look a little lifeless. So should I pull them out or cut them back? Will they come back? What should I do?
1: Okay, well, the answer (laughs) is they will come back but you need to prune them back now because they're going to seed. The plant has flowered all winter long um, and the seed is beginning to form now. So if you trim them back, take about six or eight inches, literally cut the plants back halfway, give them a couple of liquid feeds, a couple of foliar feeds, um, and that'll green them up, and on that growth, they'll actually probably come into flower again this summer for you. So it's well worth cutting them back, feeding them, and bringing them back into life again. You're stopping the plant essentially from doing what it wants to do, which is to produce seed. If, it, if you allow it to produce seed, then it tends to just die away. But if you stop that process by literally just trimming them back, give them a couple of feeds, the plant is triggered back into new growth and on that new growth, you get some flour.
0: And does that keep going on then? Do they? How long do they last? Well, you won't get them forever. Okay, you will no,
1: Well, you'll get certainly the rest of this season from, right. from the pansy plant. And what you'll find is probably some of them will weaken over time and you lose a few and you might have a few going into next winter. But certainly you'll get a second flush of flower. They're well worth cutting back. You're stopping them from producing seed. And the function of every plant, we think it's there to bloom and, and add colour to, to our garden. is it's to produce seed, really. It's to produce seed. So if you stop it doing that, the plant triggers itself back into regrowing.
0: Okay. Jerry took out formium's last. Last week, they have been undercover for winter to discover a lot of the leaves had turned brown and dead. So Jerry cut off all the dead ones, watered them, and was wondering um, what's the best feed to bring them back to life,
1: please. Okay, well, Jerry has done everything right. Formiums are the New Zealand flax. They have kind of a sword-like leaf, a great, great seaside plant and a great plant for exposed areas. Now, to be honest, they don't necessarily need to be brought undercover for the winter. They're, they are winter hardy. Um, you know, so I would keep them out of doors uh, during the winter period, Jerry, and leave them out there. So, look, at plant them out of doors now um, or plant them into pots and grow them on. Give them a liquid feed. You can use the Osmo Universal Feed, which is good for all plants. It's a simple liquid. You mix it in water, pour it onto the plant and the plant, the formulas will respond to that. But remember, they are a very, very easy plant to grow. Um, they're like a bright, sunny spot. They're a New Zealand plant, so... Mimic New Zealand conditions if you can. So nice, open, bright location. Yeah. And um, they're not soil fussy. They're easy to grow. You know, I plant them out of doors and don't be worrying about bringing them in for the winter. Um. You know. So so look at all you do now is give them a liquid feed, plant them out of doors at this time of year. They'll grow on, and they're a great plant because you can actually divide them over time. They form a big thick clump. Yeah, You'll actually yeah, see yeah, them. There's a There's the the common form is, um, Formium tenax, and it, it's growing wild or it probably isn't grown while it was planted at some stage. But as, as you go into Mulrani and parts of Akal, you'll see it all along the coast oh, I see. planted yeah. along. Really easy plant to grow, evergreen, great barrier, particularly if you grow the Formium 10X variety, the common one. If you want a good seaside hardy plant to form that kind of initial barrier to the, the Atlantic coast, then it's a really good, and that's what they've effectively done in Mulrani as you as you drive in, in along there. So, um, yeah, plant it out of doors, give it a liquid feed of the Osmo and it'll be perfectly fine.
0: Now, I grew scented sweet peas last summer, which did very well, but flowered in August and September from a June planting. I think it was a bit late. When is the earliest time I can plant them to flower earlier?
1: Well remember what I said about mm. sweet peas. They are frost hardy the plants are available at the moment so you can actually literally put them into the ground now. My advice when planting, they are a very hungry crop they grow from literally 6 inches to 6 feet in, in a matter of months so really you want a good fertile soil. So dig a trench, put some garden compost or some organic matter. You can buy a bag of, of Bordemona kind of farm manure, stick it into the bottom of the trench, back for the soil and put in your sweet pea. Put down a little bit of slug control as well with them because the slugs do like the sweet pea particularly at this time of year when they're vulnerable when they're young and pinch back the shoots and just let them off give them a bit of support and they should come into flower if you plant them now they'll certainly be in flower at the end of June the first week of July so you'll have at least a month or six weeks earlier cutting and if you cut them on a regular basis like with the violas you stop them from producing seed they'll continue to reflower right through till Nearly up to Christmas. Now, can we sow hydrangeas in this weather with a bit of frost at night? Yes, you can. There's no problem whatsoever. Now, remember that some of the hydrangeas that you buy at this time of year are in flower. They've been tricked. They've been fooled into thinking it's June and July. So they've been grown in greenhouses in Holland or wherever, um, or here in Ireland indeed, and brought on to think, so for Mother's Day, for example, you see lots of hydrangeas for sale. They are not, don't put those out of doors because the frost will murder them overnight. So um, if the listener's planting the traditional hydrangea shrub, which is still dormant, that's there's no, there's hardly breaking leaf at the moment, never mind flowers, then that's perfectly safe to plant out of doors. But if you're buying a flowering plant, for Mammy or for whoever at the weekend don't put it out of doors until about the end of April the first week of May because the night frost will damage it Right
0: Now I need a hedge in my front raised garden I'd like it to be green all year round but not too fast growing and easy to trim I like the look of laurel but is it fast and tall?
1: Yes, it is. It's fast and it can get very tall. <laughs> and it does high maintenance yes. with common laurel. Now, having said that, there are plants like Portuguese laurel, which is very, very nice. Prunus lo really nice plant. Very, very dark leaves, lot smaller leaves than the traditional laurel. It's totally evergreen, makes a super hedge and very, very easy to maintain. So that's Portuguese laurel. Look for that one. There is another plant called Etna, E-T-N-A, which again, at this time of year, it's evergreen. It's got uh, laurel-like leaves, but they're not as large as laurel. It grows about six inches, maybe eight inches per year. Mm -hmm. So it's relatively slow growing, which means it's very easy to maintain. And it's perfect for small, say, front gardens... Um, or, you know, if you want a small, neat hedge that's low-maintenance, that's a really nice plant. So there's one called Etna. The young growth is a bronze colour. It's kind of bronzy or pinkish in colour, later turning to green during the summer. And it retains the green foliage then 12 months of the year and makes a very tight, compact hedge. So look for that one. That's called Etna. This is a great time to plant it and it certainly makes a beautiful hedge from kind of four or five feet sort of height if you want something neat tidy and easy to maintain.
0: Okay and staying with hedging but of a different variety you recommended a plant suitable to create a hedger screen in exposed gardens I get both cold winds and salt can you repeat the name and when do I plant? Okay
1: we mentioned this last week and the best hedge for coastal seaside areas is Silver Edge. So it's got silver foliage Bronzy kind of silver foliage at this time of year, later turning to a dark green. It's got glossy, it's nearly rubber, a rubber type leaf. So the salt won't adhere to it and it's very good in, in, in coastal areas. So for any, anywhere along the Atlantic coast or if you're in an elevated site inland and you get a lot of prevailing wind, then look for Silver edge. It's very, very good. It's evergreen, easy to trim, easy to maintain. And it really provides that initial barrier to the site to allow other plants then, you can grow more ornamental plants then inside of that. And this is the time of year to plant in the garden.
0: Now, do you recommend using garotta in the compost bin? And is it organic?
1: It's not organic, but it, do, it is made from natural properties. And garotta, from memory has nitrogen um, and potassium added to it. And the nitrogen obviously gets the, gets the bacteria Activated, I'm, I'm working. So, so garage to explain to listeners. What is I suppose. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Before I go off on a rant, garrocha is used when you're making your own garden compost. So, for listeners that want to make a garden compost heap, they have grass clippings or le- small weeds or leaves or whatever, or kitchen waste from the home, eggshells, egg-shells like that. newspapers, all of that good stuff. Garrocha is a natural material that you sprinkle onto each layer of compost. And it gets the bacteria activated. So it's an activator, a compost activator is actually what they technically call it. So it really gets the, all the natural bacteria working on breaking down your green material. So you tend to put a sprinkle, every six, six inches of organic material matter that you have that you want to break down you put a sprinkle of grot onto it half a handful to a handful and build up the next layer and that just gets Gets it accelerates the breakdown it gets the bacteria moving and it's really good for making great garden compost but there are plenty of other um, compost activators uh, available as well both liquid and granulated forms
0: and can you get ones that are organic?
1: There are some now. I'll, I'll check that out yeah, for next just, week. I, I no, that's, that's probably what the listener's a, looking or, for. I'm sure there are. Twist to no, that question. Having said with the Grotto, it is, it is made from natural material, but from memory it doesn't have the organic symbol from what I can remember <laughs> on the box. But anyway, I'll check out and see for next week if... If there are some That's organic, nice. I'm sure there are. it.
0: Now, got some free seed packets of Lavateria, Candy Tuft and Lamanthus. Do I sow them indoors or outdoors? When and when?
1: Okay, well, all three are hardy annuals. And if you check on the back of the pack, it'll tell you whether... I mentioned the sunflowers are annuals, mm. which means that they're... Um, or they're half hardy annuals which means the frost will affect them if you see the word hardy on, on the seed pack and that means you can sow them directly out of doors now limnanthus is the poached egg plant so watch that one because it tends to spread a lot it's fabulous when it's in flower in April and May bees love it but it looks like a poached egg plant it's a yeah. ground covering plant great on banks and slopes but it does produce seed and it does spread so keep an eye for that. It can, be, can nearly become a weed in time. Um, Lavateria makes a lovely sh- shrub-like plant, pink or white flowers. And the other one was what? Was candy toffee. I'm down, I'm yeah. About. So all three could be sown, directly sown out of door. So rake off the soil, put in some compost, sow the seed and um, off they'll go. They'll, they'll produce fantastic colour this summer for you.
0: Now, you talked about wild garlic. Listeners uh, listener sees it growing under trees locally and wondering when is the right time to pull it and use it?
1: Well, uh, wild garlic is, is the ransoms and you use the foliage, the green foliage in um, to, create, to make pesto and, and sauces and whatever. So this is the time of year, really, any time from now on, up till about the middle of April you pick, up until the plant comes into flower, really. And you're trying to harvest the leaves as young as possible because they're softer and tender. As the leaf matures, over the next couple of weeks it'll get more leathery um, and stronger. So this is the time of year really to harvest it. Lovely for Easter.
0: I have a 15 year old forest flame that's gone very tall six foot and woody on the bottom. Should I cut it right down to the bottom
1: will it (laughs) reshoot? I can see somebody very anxious to to get the saw and cut (laughs) them back. 15 feet tall.
0: Yeah. 15 years old. Oh 15 years old. Right, Six foot tall.
1: Six foot tall. Okay, well, first of all, Forest Flame will be coming into... The flowers are actually on the plant as we speak and they'll open now in the next couple of weeks. And it also produces a lovely red colour in April and May. So if you go cutting it now, you're losing all of that. So my advice really, first of all, Forest Flame does respond well to pruning back. So... And um, That's fine if you want to reduce the height, but don't do it until the pink colour has changed to a kind of a, a light green or, or orange light orangey colour. So leave it well enough alone for the next five, six weeks and at the end of April, cut it back then, feed it and it'll respond to that pruning back by regrowing again. So leave it for the next six weeks, cut it back hard and then feed it it'll be perfectly fine. Or the other tip for it, if if you like the height, the six foot height, Mm. and and you're worried about the the bareness at the base, why not plant a young plant, one or two small plants of forest flame around the base of the plant so you're not then losing the overall height But you're actually filling. To the bushiness. Correct. You're you're covering that bare base of the plant. So, and you could do maybe a light trimming back, take off a footer saw, and keep the overall height. So rather than reducing the whole thing down and starting it off again, I'd put in maybe two or three small plants around the base. Them you could do it now. That'll add to the overall fullness of of the plant. And then at, at when the plant goes out of flowering, out of mm. and the leaf is changing cut it back at that stage isn't that a brilliant
0: tip yes I'll give it a a bit of help Uh, I have trouble sowing snowdrops in pots Uh, I have a few bunches in the garden what can I do with them to improve them for next year this could be our last question Okay.
1: well first of all this is the time of year snowdrops have obviously gone out of flower this time Mm. of year but this is the time of year you can actually move bulbs in general so your daffodils your snowdrops crocuses we move them in the green. So you literally, the listener can dig up the plants and put them into pots and containers at this time of year. Liquid feed them then during the summer with the universal, Osmo universal feed or any liquid tomato feed would be fine as well. Um, And do that during the summer period because you're building the bulbs up for next year. Leave them in the pots then next autumn and they'll come back into flower, into leaf and flower next January for you. So this is a, a really good time to move bulbs if you if, spring flowering bulbs in general if you want to move them around the garden or put them into pots or containers or give them away to family and friends this is the time to do it this perfect. weekend is perfect
0: this weekend it. well that and all the other j- tasks well, remember weekend. You,
1: can t- you can jump on my Facebook page or my Twitter account and I've got a list of things to do this weekend so that's Pori Corkin and Pori
0: Corkin ok well Pori Corkin and Pori Corkin see you Korkin. next week <laughs> Ger- <laughs> Minimaka, we'll talk to you next week have a, a really good weekend and to all the mommies in advance as well happy okay. day tomorrow uh, that's it from the gardening programme and for me for this morning we're back again next Saturday just after 7 stand by Michael Neary coming your way with Country Classics here on Midwest. Radio directly after the news at 10, which is on the way next with Angelina Nugent. From Meteor. to Kelly, good morning to you.